0: Hello and welcome to another edition of The Legal Geeks. Today I'm here, as always, with my partner in geekdom, Josh Gilliland, and we are here to discuss an author that we both enjoyed during our getting longer everyday lifetimes, who recently passed away. And I'm going to have Josh say hi and see if people can guess who we're talking about. Hey, Josh.
1: Hello, Jessica, America, how are you tonight? <laughs>
0: Hi, Josh, I love the get-up, and since you have invested in this great get-up, I'll let you tell us who we're here to discuss tonight.
1: We're going to talk about Tom Clancy, who redefined thrilling military adventure novels in the 1980s, who I thought was very important because when The Hunt for an October came out, it helped cleanse and, you know, uh, validate all those who served in the military, the CIA, NSA, and the branches of government, after a very rough time in the 70s, post-Vietnam. And, uh, you know, as the story goes, after Reagan read The Hunt for Red October, you know, he posed the question, who the hell declassified this? (laughs) And you think that Tom Clancy, you know, is this guy in Denver who just studied up on a bunch of things he was interested in and then wrote an amazing book. You can't help but you know tip the hat and feel in awe of that individual.
0: It was an amazing book. I still remember reading Hunford October. Um, I actually lived in Connecticut at the time, very close to Groton, of course, where EB or Electric Boat was. So for me, a lot of this was actually very personal. Um, at the time, EB was one of the biggest employers, if not the biggest non-government employer in um Southeastern Connecticut. and Of course, we also had the Naval sub base there then, too. In um, fact, in my later years, I was a waitress at the sports bar where all the enlisted guys from the sub would come and hang out. So I have a personal affection <laughs> for submarine guys. They were all good tippers. But anyway, <laughs> Josh is making faces, but we'll stop there. But anyway, that um, that book was amazing, absolutely incredible. I was already a fan of the Bourne series uh, by Robert Ludlum, but uh, – The Hump for October took, yeah, the detail and the history. um, It was basically like this geopolitical, you know, uh, military, historical uh, book, textbook in some ways. But it was also a gripping story. Uh,
1: Agreed. And I'm sure that you'll get lots of fan mail from Submariners now. Maybe we'll (laughs) we'll put
0: together
1: a little comment you know, contact us area where they can leave thank you notes. But, yes, they're, uh, I'm sure they are quite appreciative of, <laughs> of those days. Yeah, I, I read Hunt for Red October when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. and absolutely loved the book. I, you know, I looked up one of my favorite passages where they talk about uh, the sinking of the E.S. Uh, Polonovsky. Uh, where that has the critical reactor meltdown and they lose the sub. And the detail that went into discussing the sinking was just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, the, the passage that begins, Petrokov knew he was dead. He saw the paint on the forward bulkhead turn black, and his last impression was of a dark mass shrouded with a blue glow. The engineer's body vaporized an instant later, and the mass of slag dropped to the next bulkhead aft. It then goes on to great detail talking about a Russian submarine sinking and it's just you know i remember reading that uh several page section in an uh you know oral argument class that i had in high school oh. uh, also a passage from the sum of all fears where with the uh you know the the submarine that's lost uh that the Russians accidentally sank when they realized World War III is being averted. Oops. Um I just, but amazing detail. And you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that I stayed alive uh, to see the film Hunt for in October because it was released while I was hospitalized you know, in 1990, and one of my recovery goals was to go see the movie.
0: Wow.
1: And so I remember watching, uh, you know, the premiere on on TV, you know, because the Navy rolled everything out because it painted them in a very good light.
0: Yeah.
1: It was Sean Connery. I, his,
0: and Alec Baldwin.
1: Yeah, him. Um, he, he was actually very good at it. I liked him as Jack. <laughs> I liked Harrison Ford more, though. And we'll see what happens with uh, Chris Pine. Taking up the role,
0: but that's fine. as Captain Kirk? I don't know. I don't know about him in other roles.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I liked the book more. Because you, know, yeah. you could tackle more detail. I mean, the film was great.
0: You it know, was. He, Sean Connery was awesome. I mean, he did that was his movie, and he was fabulous.
1: And you know, but I just wish they could have you know defeated the you know the the Russian alpha in the same way. even the plain chicken with the torpedo was cool, but you know, there's nothing like ramming another submarine to finish them off.
0: That yeah.
1: was just I you know, I remember, you know, as you know, the Red October came through the you know the bubbles and yeah, just, just awesome. I mean, who <laughs> who doesn't like that? It was just <laughs> I, I'm going into detail that, you know, after the Americans get the sub you know, it's not like instantaneous as fast it was in the, as the movie because they like they supply her in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and the helicopter that supplies her goes. that's was a little weird. The sail was further aft, and the pilots realizing that they just supplied a Russian sub, not an American one. Uh, the Russians watching ET, yeah. and and you know which you know which was you know a favorite of President Reagan's, but you know you know Clancy was able to talk about you know, the International Appeal of E.T., a- and it was just just neat uh, that that he did that. So was
0: so that your favorite book? Uh, the Tom Fancy book? Probably. You, read?
1: you know, I, there are several that mean a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I like some of all fears, because the last ditch plan to save, you know, to defend Israel with nuclear weapons was called Operation Joshua. and uh, I. That, that's tough not to like. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'm instantly attached to that. I liked clearing Present Danger*. You know, hearing the president say, "You want to play hardball? Let's play ball." You know, it's like, all right. You know, I'm kind of okay with the secret war in South America to fight drug lords. I'm strangely okay with this. I don't know uh, anything
0: that can go wrong with it.
1: What could possibly go wrong? Go wrong? Go wrong? <laughs> Maybe maybe we should rethink the strategy. But yeah. And uh uh but I really like Without Remorse. You know, and the fact that it goes against everything we believe in due process, um where you have, you know, it's the story of John Clark, John Kelly prior to, to going into the CIA, and you have him as the former special forces guy. Uh, and a woman who was, you know, you know, in love with getting killed uh, by, you know, drug lords. And he starts waging a one-man war against criminals. And on one level, that's quite appealing, but absolutely wrong.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And then working with the CIA to go in and try rescuing American POWs, the high-ranking ones that aren't even listed, you know, as alive. So the Russians have them in North Vietnam. And the failed rescue plan, because there's a mole. And the, the person they think is the mole actually wasn't the mole, and they kill the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Leaving the mole in place for a few other books. I think they take care of him in Cardinal the Criminal or, or one of the other later ones. But that kind of bothered me. But it showed the tenacity of, when it was a failed mission... He captures the KGB agent instead of killing the KGB agent. And that impressed everyone at the CIA because then they could force the Russians to put our guys into the Hanoi Hilton so they'd be listed as alive, not missing, and they would stop being tortured and all those horrible things. And then the climactic ending with faking his own death in a you know in a in his boat. Because there's great seamanship in, in, in the story. Clancy knows yeah. how. to... Being the sailor, Clancy knows how to write that like nobody's business. Ah. Even talking about anchoring and steering a twin-engine boat with the throttles as opposed to the helm, it's like just it's like yeah, you know, sure he could talk about how a nuclear explosion happens in some of all fears and yes. States and all that, but how to anchor. You know, <laughs> rock on! You know that's just just absolutely a brilliant mind who will be missed.
0: Yes, he will. Well, I know there are a ton of legal issues that come up, of course, throughout his books. Um, again, anytime you've got a military thriller, you know, it's kind of like Twenty Four, where the law is thrown out the window, um, so it's much more satisfying when you don't follow the law, of course, to get that bloodlust going. But what were a couple of other issues that you? Uh, uh Noah
1: from his books.: it, Unfortunately, the ones I didn't read because post-law school, reading for fun took a nosedive. But yes. Ryan becoming president would be an exercise in how our constitution works, because you have Ryan become VP, and while I didn't read the book, it sounds like it was done through the 25th Amendment, you know, because the VP. died or resigned, or, or whatever happened. And then you have the president, Congress, then the Supreme Court taken out with a 747 crashing into the Capitol. And, you know, the recently, you know, minted BP becoming president and the following book, Executive Orders. But it had tons of issues. Because well, how do you rebuild Congress? Yeah. Uh, wow. Because we have – at least governors could appoint senators – with the exception of a couple states that have played with the rules and then changed them back to their detriment at times, but then you get—and uh, um, I'm looking at you, Massachusetts—but uh, then you get, uh, then you get uh, the other extreme of, uh, you know, which is fascinating of uh, the House of Representatives, because you can't appoint a House member. And so you start looking at special elections then and not everyone has a provision set up for if your congressman dies. So, wow! So just tons of issues like how do you put the government back together if you have a, de- a decapitation strike? So wow. that, that's a big one.
0: Okay. At, that is a big, Oh, go ahead.
1: You, anything jump out at you from your read of Tom Clancy books?
0: No, it's been a long time since I've read any Clancy books. I think it was a Sum of All Fears was the last one I read, where the detail on how to build the nuclear bomb, was that in *Some of All Fears? Yes, yeah, it was. I think, okay, I love detail. I love uh, fiction that has a lot of, you know, facts in it. But that one just kind of beat me down. I was like, all right, I was done. That and plus some of the torture scenes and some of the other books, I don't do well with torture scenes. Um, so I think that's kind of an end of my Clancy time. And really, it's always hard to beat *Humphrey for October. But, no, I think I was reading those well before I went to um, law school, so I was not really thinking of the legal issues. But you told me something before when we were talking about Clancy that, speaking of legal issues, from his personal life, that's really neat, but now it's maybe embroiled in litigation. What is that? So,
1: you know, you have a – he got a fan letter from a kid who was dying from cancer. And he befriended the kid and, uh, like, visited the kid in his hospital – Mm -hmm. You know, and that was actually very decent. Took the kid to Disney World with parents and everything. And and then after the, you know, child died, he founded the Kyle Foundation. And this is the early 90s, so beginning of the, you know, public use of the internet and, you know, the mass use. And he tried building, I guess it would be a web portal uh, or maybe quasi-social networking by today's standards
0: Mm -hmm. to connect
1: kids who had cancer so they could talk to each other, and then parents of kids with cancer, kind of trying to create a big support group and and trying to help others, and they raised a ton of money. Well, there were issues with it that he found out, and about later, that with the person who was running it, and ended up winding it down, Uh, but I had a friend who, who knew Clancy. She... Uh, did some of the artwork and graphics on uh, the computer game Harpoon. Ah. And so she knew his writing partner, you know, who wrote Harpoon, and, you know, and talked about how he liked helping kids with cancer. And so that was a – he wasn't the type of guy who called the press conference to announce Mm -hmm. he was going to go do something good, which is always obnoxious when people who are – Trying to help, feel they need to bang a gong in order to do that. Yeah. But so I remember watching C-SPAN, and yes, I readily admit I was watching C-SPAN to see Tom Clancy speak. <laughs> and and he talked about you know the unfun thing of you know wanting to help kids with cancer. And so yeah. that was. Uh, you know, again, I, I read *Clan* *Present Danger* in a hospital, so I kind of have an idea not the cancer side of things but I understand what it's like to be a patient
0: and yeah.
1: I admire that so that was um, something that was an unsung quality about him.
0: Wow a man of many talents and good traits well he will be missed it is sad I understand though you should actually give him a plug I understand you said that he has one more book coming out is that the word?
1: Yeah and so there's you know I probably should start reading these again but, you know, you have the entire Ryan presidency, huh. and and so I kind of want to take a dive into that, and it looked like, I'm not positive, because I haven't read it, and I was looking at this up on Wikipedia, that uh, apparently, you know, Ryan's challenged by, I guess it was a former president, so the guy, if elected, could only serve one term, so, ah. uh, but I'm not positive on that, so I need a, I felt like Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Is that the situation here? So uh,
0: that sounds right up your alley.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll check that out and and verify if that's the actual case. But as you can see, and and you remember, these books aren't aren't you know quickies. No. And uh, I actually looked up uh, court opinions, you know, mentioning Tom Clancy. And multiple judges, you know, made comparisons to cases being, you know, the same size as a Clancy novel.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, most in the 90s were where that took place, yeah. most, mostly in the 90s. Uh, but it's, like, interesting. There were judges who made wisecracks about that. So uh,
0: They were big. Comfort October wasn't too big. And I do feel like I may have to go back and read that or, at the very least, watch the movie again. Although you're right, especially the ending of the movie was not nearly as satisfying as the book but
1: it does have Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin, so for that reason alone. Yeah, it's it's Sean Connery, you know, and it was uh, one of, you know, his best later films. Yeah. And so it's tough not to like that. And I remember uh, stories about the production uh, that, uh, you know, because they used Russian sailors. Ah. And a lot of them just kind of, like, kind of popped up to attention, like when he, like, would walk by because he had the command presence. Of you know just that's just who he was, so that's uh yeah. kind of kind of a fascinating character study, so all right, but
0: well uh, very cool wolf, I love the outfit, Josh, that's a very nice tribute to mr Clancy oh, well, this
1: and the jacket's my grandfather, so this was his flight jacket, so oh
0: neat,
1: yeah, so he uh he wore this uh working on b seventeens at the Yankee Air Force in Michigan and I don't know how old it is, but uh, at least the '80s, possibly '70s. So it's uh, no, no. This it says Gil Land. This was two generations prior.
0: Very cool. I like that. Very nice, Mr. Clancy would approve.
1: I'm sure. I very kind.
0: So, I well, thank you, Josh. It was fun talking to you again. Uh, we will miss Mr. Clancy, but he did give us a lot to remember him by.
1: Stay geeky, America. Say Kiki.
0: Bye, Josh.